everybody <laughs> this is the goody jar blog presents story time with naya good that's me a plethora of delicious stories and topics and toast to episode seven the season finale of season one toast to me and toast to you for listening and toast to everybody just just for toast sakes <laughs> Yes, if you had some drink, drink something. Even if it's just some water. Drink your spit, as some mothers used to tell their children when their children said they was thirsty and they ain't feel like hearing all that. <laughs> drink your spit. I'm just playing. Anyways, thank you everyone for listening. I really appreciate you guys downloading. I've been seeing the numbers. I'm so grateful for just everything. The increase. The listeners, just thank you. I appreciate you. Each and every one of you. Um, so yeah, like I said, this is the season one finale. I hope you all enjoyed this first season. I'm looking forward to bringing you more contents, co-hosts in season two, and delicious stories and topics, okay? Now, all season long, I've been sharing random things about me. Now I'm looking at the camera for those of you that are watching on YouTube. <laughs> Sometimes I get distracted looking at myself in the camera. But anyways, all season long, I've been sharing random things about me. Um, so you've gotten to know me through these episodes, whatever I want to tell you about or whatever. And so on season seven, I'm sorry, on episode seven, season one finale, um, I want to tell you all that like, I don't know if y'all notice. <laughs> Some of y'all do. I say that sarcastically. I love astrology so much. I love astronomy, astrology. I love it all. It's so exciting for me. The planets, everything celestial. Um, now, I was first reintroduced because at some point in our lifetime, um, we definitely been there and seen these things before. So I'm going to say reintroduced or that part of me was reactivated um, back in elementary school in Las Vegas, Nevada. Y'all know I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, as soon as I say Vegas, my whole tone change. <laughs> but in Las Vegas at Helen Her, I feel like the greatest elementary school ever. I liked, I loved Helen Her. I got in a lot of trouble at Helen Her because I was really, really challenging during my first and fifth grade and maybe even other years. But, um, <laughs> but um, I love Helen Her anyway. So, but they had a really good curriculum there because in like kindergarten and first or first grade, I don't remember which one. Shout out to Miss Perry. I love Miss Perry. She was my kindergarten and first grade teacher. She, um, or well, in the class, we had to do, you know, write a paper about a planet that we loved or whatever. And so, you know, when I was in elementary school, I chose Venus, the planet of balance and love and 
you know, luxury and all those beautiful things, right? I chose Venus. I do not remember what the paper was. Of course, I don't have the paper still. So I don't know where that was at. But I do know that that was my first writing assignment. And it was about um, astrology. And I, I, this was so memorable to me because afterwards, th like this was when I was five, this was when I was five years old, because that's when we got Venus. So I had to write this paper when I was like five, because that's when we went and got adopted a dog. It was a pit bull and we named her Venus. So yes, that all happened when I was five years old, 1990, 1994. That's when I was five. So yeah. So then we got a dog and we named her Venus and she was so beautiful and peaceful and loving just like, you know, the planet Venus is supposed to be and all those associated with it. But, um, yeah, man. And that was like, in, yeah, that was kindergarten, first grade-ish. And so, yeah. Um, and so then later on in later years, the house that one of the houses that we lived in when I was growing up had the most perfect view of the planet Venus and that was the same time I got a telescope my mom got me a telescope and I remember we were just really in the space of telescopes we went somewhere I mean it was like telescopes were everywhere and it was like calling on me and so I think I asked for that uh for Christmas or something like that so then I got a telescope and then I got a little book to go with the telescope and so I would uh you know look for shit in the sky <laughs> look for stuff but the planet Venus really shone on our home you know that my mom had got this beautiful home and the planet venus really just shone and i remember just i could tell i knew it was venus because i had the book and the book would show me exactly like what the planet looked like when i looked through the telescope so it's pretty amazing to have a dog you know and venus lived for a long time too she was like how old was she when i was 20 when she passed away the dog right before i went to iraq too, which was crazy, but um, yeah, we had her for a long time, so we had the dog Venus, and then Venus was over, you know, I never put those two and two together when I was a child, but as I was writing this episode out, it occurred to me that that was what it was, anyways, and speaking of Venus, I heard recently in the news that NASA is going to start sending, they're going to do some mission, I was going to pull it up on my phone, the article, but listen, I don't want to get distracted trying to find it, I, I, something in my head already said you're not going to find it, <laughs> so I'm just going to wait, because there, but there wasn't, Google it, there was an article that came up about how NASA got all these fucking plans for space, they want to send black people to space, they want to send women to space, it's going to get crazy up there apparently, they want to go to Mars, they want to try to figure it out, <laughs> and Venus, they're going to send people to Venus apparently, all kind of shit, so Google it, something about that, NASA is trying to get it popping right now, and then I heard Jeff Bezos trying to fly out there on the Breakfast Club, and you know they asses. They always categorize like black people don't want to go to space. Stop picking up the phone calls when you guys ask questions like that for the people that definitely don't want to go. And pick up the phone for the people who's like, hell yeah, I definitely want to go to space. But anyways, that's another story. You know, I got some shit to talk about that came from the Breakfast Club later on in my debunkery episode. So stay motherfucking tuned. Okay? Because <laughs> you know they be acting up. They constantly be acting up. Yeah, over the years I have really, really, and over the years, I have really deeply studied astrology, really delve in, delved in, and I'm still delving in. There's so much to learn, so much. And I actually just finished writing my first book, 
which will delve into astrology in some type of way. And so you'll definitely be seeing that very, very soon. Trust me on this. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so kicking off story time with Naya Good, a plethora of delicious stories and topics What a story time segment. In this segment, I tell stories about something in my life experience or my main topic of the day of the show, like episode six, I was talking about the, you know, the transgendered, you know, situation and all that. On episode seven, season one, um, I'm gonna close out this season with some a story about me. Anyway, so I've been told to have a gift for storytelling and I envision myself, like I've always envisioned myself as an elder of my village, telling stories in the future of the way things work, because you know it's gonna be crazy. I got to tell <laughs> the next generations about this shit right here, for sure. <laughs> so yes. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to, you know, and also this is all my music playing in the background, so it's copywritten, YouTube and all that. This is my shit. Um, and the producer uh, of the record. And so um, that song was light as a feather, or it's, well, it's light as a feather, but it's a feather on all digital uh, music streaming platforms. And this one right here is Blow Your Mind. Just wanted to put that out there real quick, real fast. Anyway, so jumping right back into the segment. I just wanted to briefly like tell you all how I got to this place of walking in my gifted purpose and just kind of allowing my gifts, not even kinda, allowing my, cause I ain't even write kinda in my notes. <laughs> allowing my gifts <laughs> to make financial and just free the free will and the space for me to create. Um, you know, you guys know that I'm an Iraq combat veteran. Uh, I was in the army and so after the military, and my time in school studying radio and television broadcasting, I did the corporate thing. You know, I worked at PBS, you know, I worked at CBS and Telemundo, and then I actually worked at a newspaper called Colleen Daily Herald out there in Fort Hood. Shout out to Fort Hood. <laughs> Additionally, a sidebar, there's a couple sidebars. I wrote a sidebar in here, but the other sidebar is that uh, my mama always said that I was always going to want to do for myself as far as professionally. So I love to see that that actually has come into fruition. But um, And then the other sidebar is that my grandparents actually used to deliver newspapers out there in Portsmouth, Virginia. The legendary Virginia pilot. Uh, we used to deliver newspapers. And that was actually one of, the, one of the most memorable and most fun times of my life. Kid just running around delivering newspapers with my grandparents. Like I said, I was a challenging kid growing up so I wasn't always on my best behavior but we got the work done <laughs> we got the work done um, um and so yeah that I used to do that when I would visit them when I was a child uh, so it was kind of interesting to just you know be working at a newspaper as an adult after as a child that was kind of like one of my first gigs you know via my grandparents um and so yes when I was working in the corporate positions after the military, I had some challenging, <laughs> you know, uh, situations. And, it, it, you know, it was all me, you know, getting shifted into my purpose. But at the same time, I did want to do these things in corporate world. But I realized that it was only just for temporary. Some things are just for temporary. But I'm so glad I got to experience it because check it out. So... Y'all do not know this, but I was actually terminated from four jobs in one year. I'm going to use that word. 
Y'all know what terminated means. Go Google it. Anyways, um, now I did not get terminated from PBS. They loved me. Because I also went to school to, at the school too. But um, so they knew I, you know, they knew I made well. It was the other places didn't know I made well. <laughs> but I also worked at CBS in Telemundo in Austin, Texas, as a master control engineer. This was my position at both of these uh, places. A master control engineer is basically the person that controls everything that is going on with like the shows being put out into the, you know, damn streaming world on television. So I was the one that kind of, you know, made sure that the commercials were running smoothly. If there was any live news broadcast, I would have to, um, you know, you know, circulate that through. If there was any wild ass weather situations, I would have to get that through. When there, like, for instance, the Stephen Colbert show, that show was live. I would have to make sure everything was on point with that. And I actually fucked that up one time. But that wasn't why I got terminated. You make my mistakes but um the the when the, this was actually when Stephen Colbert actually uh be took over the show after I guess David Letterman or some shit had left the show so that's when I started working there and then when he the first night he went live I accidentally kind of messed up those commercials it was my first live broadcast that I had to control behind the scenes so that was kind of interesting but uh, a really really serious and very intense job it was very very got to be on point when it was at PBS it was a little bit more chill because nothing was live everything was just you know just I don't know all the terminology but you get my drift versus where CBS obviously and then Telemundo so I worked for both of them the Spanish side <laughs> and the English side which was just such a dope experience on so many levels. But, um, and so then I worked at Colleen Daily Herald, which is a newspaper. Uh, and I was doing sales because, you know, they don't really do a whole lot of black. Well, back, you know, I, well, shit, that was only but five or six. When? What is it? 2021? About, when did I work there? 20, I don't know, 17? I think it was 2017. I was working in sales. They didn't have, like, any... I think it was like one black guy writer, no black women writer. So I was in sales, and so that happened. And then I worked uh, for Favor, which was a really, really dope-ass delivery company that's only in Texas. When I was working for Favor, the delivery service, this was when I was working at CBS, too. So I was, like, doing it both at the same time. I would get off CBS, and then I would go drive for Favor, and I was just getting it. Because I just, I mean, you could make a lot of money with Favor. It was a dope-ass delivery service. They have to tip you whatever, and, like, there's just no way out of it. And so, um, and then the company will tip you on top of that it was really a dope experience um but favor is just like super dope because they'll deliver anything and everything low delivery fees it's not crazy because i'm telling you i literally delivered um nail clippers to a guy one night he just wanted nail clippers that's it that's it i delivered that and then um i had this one lady and i had to actually drop this stuff off at like a uh, some uh, like a, a institution of some sort <laughs> i don't know she took me on this lavish shopping spree. She had everything detailed. Go here, buy this jean. Go here, buy this jean. And it was like a $400 shopping spree. I got like a $100 tip. So it was pretty crazy. They used to do things like if you deliver during like the Oscars or the football games, shit when people are sitting at home, they give you bonuses. One time I got a $200 bonus. So it was really a dope company, but I got fired from there too. <laughs> And a call center, after all that shit had acted up, <laughs> after all that, 
I was like, let me try this call center out, child. It's the last resort. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so, side story about CBS, um, which is another situation where things came full circle. So, when I was younger, I, like, I, I think I might have said this on a different episode. I used to love, like, radio broadcasting, television broadcasting. I would visualize myself as a reporter and all this type of stuff. And I would record myself, like I would record the music from 98.5 KLUC out there in Vegas. And then I would record myself talking as if I was the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the radio engineer. And then I would put the music on, just crazy shit. So I've, I've always really loved radio and television broadcasting and all of it. Um, so I used to watch the news all the time. Plus, that's what, you know, your, most of your parents have playing in the background. So you knew who your broadcasters was, okay? Okay? And so we used to watch, uh, CBS was the news choice in my household. And Chris Saldana, that was a reporter that I used to watch on CBS growing up all the time. I, like, remembered him. He also worked at the TV station I worked at in Austin, Texas. I was like, oh my God, this shit is crazy. Full circle. I grew up watching this man report on the scene. And now he's, you know, one of the anchors on the morning broadcast. So that was pretty dope just to be around it, even though he was not nice. Now you can Google him. You know, on my other episodes, I'd be like, I ain't gonna name drop. You Google him, though. You Google him. <laughs> Now, <laughs> take a sip, or a smoke, or both. I almost damn near choked just so I get that part out for you. But um, <laughs> you might ask, now how in the hell does one, you know, get terminated both times? And I own it. Now in the beginning, I was kind of embarrassed, like, oh my god. But you know, after you, oh my God, and you reflect, you be like, yeah, and that's part of the story, boo. <laughs> story time with Nia Good. <laughs> and so, um, well, the why and the how is I was like slowly shedding my intolerance for restrictive, tight-ass corporate work environments. Period. That was it. I just got out of the military and I was fighting battles in the military. Boom. And I was winning them bitches too. But you know, I just got done being in uniform and having to stand at motherfucking pr and having to salute. <laughs> ah, and then let's not even talk about my militant ass childhood. Cause you, you know, shit, my parents didn't play and I, well, my mother didn't play. <laughs> And I thank her for not always playing. And she could have been a little nice, but you know, she ain't had time to play. You know black moms back in the day, they ain't had time to play with you. And you got to get your shit together. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, I'm just like, damn. I think at that point I just was like, you know what? I'm about to say what I, what? <laughs> you know what? My Cyrus was good. I'm not tolerating this shit. So, um. I mean, like, case in point, Chris, imagine achieving your dreams of working at a TV station and meeting someone you watched as a child in your hometown. And somehow y'all align in another city. <laughs> and he's an asshole. <laughs> he's not even nice. My mom was the first black female police lieutenant in Las Vegas, Nevada. She, you know, even though she climbed that ladder, it was not the easiest climb. 
So I just was reflecting on that. Like, do I really want to deal with this shit? I mean, do I really want to deal with this type of shit? And so, um, you know, it, these were some of the things that transpired during that time frame. A co-worker at CBS and, 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 and uh, Telemundo, that was actually a setup. A co-worker intentionally started an argument with me and I didn't realize it was a setup and I, I raised my voice like, well, what are you talking about? You know, something like that. I didn't say you bitch ass bitch. I just said, I just said, you know, what are you talking? You know, I raised my voice because that was emphasized in the counseling statement. She raised her voice. Um, but he started an argument with me. That part wasn't, you know, whatever, but whatever. I ain't even But I didn't realize it was set up, um, you know. And so that happened. Then when I'm at fucking the newspaper, <laughs> the newspaper was a crazy experience. Because, you know, sales is very competitive. Sales is very competitive. And, you know, if you're not making sales, they'll fire your ass. So you better be making sales. Oh, and it was just, it was one of the most tight working experiences. I've, I, it was tighter than the military almost. I, I, it was almost as tight as, because he didn't even want people talking to each other in the sales. The general manager, each of these type of establishments have a general manager, just like a grocery store. General manager at KDH, Colleen DeLiero, didn't even want people talking to each other. It was kind of like, what the fuck? And, and so, you know, I fought with that one. The other jobs I was at for a year. This one, not so much. So, one. Uh, <laughs> And so the, the, the kicker at the newspaper was that they wanted me to start giving up my sales to another salesperson. And the whole objective of this specific publication that we were selling for, you know, that we were reaching out to these businesses to advertise in was a really, really like, oh, yeah, you, you want to get the sales. And I'm talking about I was booming. I had mastered the sales shit. I was getting the sales. I remember that day alone, I had confirmed like two or three sales. The manager going to come back talking about, hey, I'm going to need you to give that sales up to that person. And it just didn't, y'all, it just didn't sit right with me. It just, it just did not, to the, I mean, it just did not sit right with me. Like, you mean to tell me I worked all this hard to, and you know, salespeople got to, they got to be a little stalkerish. They got to, hey, hey, it's me again. <laughs> hey, it's me. How you doing? They know me and shit, you know. Now you're telling me I got to give it up to the, this person? It didn't sit right with me. So I had a, I remember my whole shit changed that day. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so that's what happened with that one. Uh, <laughs> that's what happened with that one. With the delivery service, I just got too irritable. I think it was, this was, I remember exactly the kicker with the delivery service. I, this lady didn't know what was on the menu. She had me at the restaurant looking at the menu for her. And I was just like, I just could remember myself just like, is she fucking for real? I, the call was just crazy. And now I was, I'm never rude or just fucking just, ugh. That was back when I was 18. <laughs> I'm never, but at this, this was like when I'm 20, you know, six or when was it? 20, 27 ish. And so I'm like, I'm never rude, but I just was like, you could tell I just had had it. And then they deactivated my account, you know, the next day. But it was crazy. I kept getting like funds from favor from just delayed tips and things. So for like about three or four months, I just kept getting like $30, $40. It was crazy. But, um. And then finally, the call center one. Oh my God. 
Child, I had just came back from Puerto Rico. So I think I was just like, man, fuck this. <laughs> and I don't know. But it wasn't even that. I was having fun at the call center. What had happened was, is that I was on my phone when I entered the call center entryway. And apparently the big rule was you cannot talk on your phone entering the call center entryway. And so I like, you know, discipline and shit like that. But if it don't make sense, everybody know, anybody that really know me know I'm just not going to go with it. I'm just not. If it doesn't make sense, it's not. I didn't understand why I fuck I couldn't talk on the phone. And I remember, <laughs> I remember it was a guy I met in Puerto Rico. We were still communicating very briefly uh, <laughs> while I was in Puerto Rico. And I was on the phone with him. And the security guard, she was rushing. And she just, she just kind of went fucking ham. And so long story short, I remember telling her at the desk, and I quote, <laughs> this, is, this is a direct quote. I remember I told her at the, because she was going ham, like, get your phone off. I mean, because I wouldn't have said this if I didn't feel, you know, I know me. Some of y'all need to know you a little bit more. Some of y'all know y'all, y'all know. I know I wouldn't have taken things this far if she wouldn't have gave me some type of energy that required me to check her on site. Sometimes I let some shit slide. I will let some shit slide. But I definitely uh, checked her on site. And so, and I quote, <laughs> I said, if she would have talked to me, I think I told her, if you would have been talking to me the way you're doing outside of this building, you would have got your ass whooped. That, that's what I said. I remember that. See, I'm going to always tell all parts of the story. What I did, what you did, and everything that don't nobody else want to tell. <laughs> but I definitely said that straight up. And when they pulled me in the office, I couldn't say nothing. I just was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what Cat Williams say? You shouldn't have been talking shit. Somebody said you shouldn't have been talking shit. Anyways, it was all me. You know, none of that was truly where I wanted to be doing shit like that. So it's like the universe was like, all right, you said you wanted to work at CBS one day. I'm, I'm you know, I'm gonna give it to you, but you're not gonna be there that long. <laughs> Just enjoy the experience and keep it pushing around here, right? So finally, a car accident, y'all. I got in a car accident. I was driving back and forth to Austin an hour every to and from, going to work an 11 to 7 shift, and then getting off and then working you know, maybe four hours driving around the city of Austin and then driving an hour back. Like, I was doing some wild-ass shit, bro. <laughs> shit shit y'all know about. I ain't gonna act like I ain't nobody ever did no shit like that before. <laughs> but, but it was some shit. Anyway, so then I got in a car accident. And this car accident was crazy, but nothing happened. Like, I didn't break anything, but it was actually, like, like the ambulance, couple of the witnesses, and the people at the hospital was like, oh, my God, you should have. And ba ba ba, <laughs> and uh, so it was pretty crazy. Uh, it was a road rage situation. The guy was mad because you know, in certain places you get on the interstate slow. He didn't like it. He came and found me in the fast lane like two minutes later and started really being aggressive with me or whatever. And so I tried to switch lanes, get the fuck out of his way, and he switched right along with me. My vehicle lost control. I spun all the way to the right side of the interstate, and then I spun all the way to the left side, boom, into the barrier, and then I spun back to the center. And all traffic had stopped. I was so grateful for that because, <laughs> you can you, like the car did all of this, did this, literally went boom, 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 boom. 
She was crazy. Nothing, though. I had a scratch from my neck, necklace twisting or whatever, but nothing, no, not even one of my, I remember my head hitting the, the daggone steering wheel and everything and thinking, oh, I guess this is, I remember thinking, <laughs> y'all, I even remember the thought that crossed my mind when I hit the daggone joint. I said, I guess this is it. I literally remember thinking that, but then it wasn't it. So I spun back into the middle of the intersection. Ooh, got, almost got a little emotional just then, but, I, you know, so I spun back into the middle of the intersection. And then this, this white woman comes running up to me, and she's just in shock, too. But anyway, so that happened. So then I was like, you know what? <laughs> Let me see what I, what's going on with things. And so um, suddenly that car accident propelled me into alignment with so many things, and, and doors opened extremely wide for me. Um, and, and, and I would like to sidebar that when I went to Puerto Rico, I actually walked into a cultural store down there in old San Juan that had the Haitian um, deity or, or God, Papa Legba, the, and he's the one that opens doors for you, you know? And then I come back, so I saw that when I went to Puerto Rico in 2016, and then I come back home, and then the situation with the car accident, or I think the car accident might have happened before, and then we went. I don't even know. Either way, I went to Puerto Rico, saw Papa Legba, and, um, and then doors started opening up for me, I remember, right after all these <laughs> situations. Anyways, um, I'm talking about in every direction, things were opening up for me. I narrated a book, even though the author decided to go a different direction, or something happened where the engineer that was producing the narration just got tired of the narration. Because, you know, narr editing a narrated book, 400 pages, is an exhaustive task. So you want to not just sign up for the lump sum that you get in the beginning. You want to really understand that this is going to take some time. Um, but, you know, so they just gave all the audio back to the author and didn't even edit, finish editing it. So that was a situation. Um, but you know, I mean, all, everything was paid. It was just astonishing. I mean, like the doors opened so wide that I got hella paid music gigs. A couple of them was, you know, free, but so many of them. And I'm talking about, I was gigged up, especially in Texas. Um, just hella gigs. And I, op I ended up opening for Freddie Jackson and Glenn Jones, which are two legendary R&B singers from back in the day. Day, You can see that video on my YouTube. Um, I have It's down there somewhere. It's labeled as the opening for Freddie Jackson situation. I got paid for that. And so I'm emphasizing that because there's a lot of artists that act like they can't get paid on an indie level. You and, and, and a wise mentor, even though he turned out to be an idiot later on, because, you know, there's always balance said that you are what you negotiate. <laughs> so I got paid for the Freddie Jackson opening, thank you, uh, O Entertainment, um, all kind of cultural events, lounges. I did a retirement gig one time for a major out there in Colleen, Texas. Only sang two songs and got 200, okay? And I ain't even had no band, I just did instrumental, so it was all mines. Because <laughs> if I have a band, then I, I split the dividends up. I mean, hella paid gigs. Um, I did four stage plays in one year. And as I've mentioned in other episodes of this podcast, um, that one of the stage plays ended up on DVD and is on Amazon Prime now. I traveled with two of the stage plays to a different location. We went like on tour. I, I, Little G from Silk was my husband in one of the stage plays. Shirley Murdoch was the mom of the main character in one of my stage plays. Denzel Wells from If Loving You Is Wrong, a Tyler Perry television show was one of the 
actors too. So I got to do theater and I love theater. I really do love theater. I got some stage plays I'm writing right now. Um, and so I did that. I was volunteering at a cultural bookstore and then she hired me as her social media content creator and executive assistant. And then we also curated a dope ass event together that was always packed and popping, popping 10. <laughs> And then I was waitressing and bartending at a black-owned event. So I was working at a whole bunch of black-owned. Shout out to everybody that was black that hired me, straight up. Some of them lounges I performed at were at black-owned lounges. Like, all the cultural events were black-owned thrown events. I was hired and paid for by black-owned people. After all the shit had happened with the corporations and the car accident. It was just amazing. Shout out to Miss Carolyn over there at the, uh, damn, I can't even remember the daggone, at the E-Center. She hired me as a waitress, so, and I'm over here, you know, waitressing for these concerts, so I'm getting that type of shit. And then, um, and that's how I ended up opening for Freddie Jackson, and then I ended up meeting Tank um and chico bean because they did things at the event center like she always she was popping and it was black on uh she always had dope ass events there and so you know i got a gig from waitress <laughs> it was just astonishing then i got to meet tank and side note tank is my twin flame we're both born on january 1st and so is morris chestnut so i'm in good capricorn company in fact i found out samuel L. jackson denzel and Morris L are all Capricorns. Yes. The Capricorn gang lit. <laughs> we lit. We lit. <laughs> but anyways, then finally, I became fully compensated from my time in the military um, for all the shit I endured when I was fucking with them. Allowing me even more free will to do everything that I want and bring everything into fruition. And trust me on this, I have some amazing things about to make their physical appearance, I say. So, I just wanted to end this story by saying, remember what you ask for in life. And don't be surprised or reject it when life produces it to you. Okay? Don't be like, what the fuck? I mean, of course you might be like, what the fuck? But... If you stay focused and shit and don't never take like some type of, you know, loss or anything so heavily and shit and just keep it pushing, shit will open up. Try not to observe everything as a loss. Always see the damn gains, all right? Ashe. Ashe. So, that was my story time segment. Just <laughs> a little bit about me. I'm so grateful for everything that I have, you know, experienced, for real. You know, I, I love it. Be grateful for your experiences. They really, whoo, child, they really mold you. All right. So now, for the next segment, the weather and celestial report. I added a bit. Season two going to be lit. But I added the celestial report to my weather report. You know, all season long, I've just been doing weather. And you've been seeing how I've been modifying things over the seasons. And so um, I'm going to add the celestial report, too. Let me see how this go. All right? Let me see how this go. In this segment, I briefly run through the current temperatures and weather fluctuations across the country and somewhere abroad at the time of this podcast. And it is June 10th. At 5.07 p.m. up in this bitch. Time is mother 
fucking flying, okay? It's wild out here, bro. It's wild. A little story behind this. I love and pay attention to the weather. I already told you my celestial story, but I love and pay attention to the weather, the sky, nature. And like I tell you all the time, my grandfather, he used to have a weather channel permanently playing at his house, child. He could tell you everything that was going on, uh, you know, with the weather, even if you call him from way over there in Korea. <laughs> Which is where I was, one of the places I was stationed at. He could tell you what's going on. It looks like you're going to get some rain in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I saw it. So I think that's one of the reasons why I'm always looking at the sky and just like, what's going on? Like, I really be into the weather. I, I be uh, very, very aware. Um, anyway, so he can always tell you what's going on in your city. And as far as the weather here in Atlanta, it is it is fluctuating between Gotham City and want to be sunny. You know how Atlanta do. <laughs> I said last episode is wet Atlanta, not just hot Atlanta, it's wet Atlanta. And when I'm really being facetious, I call it Gotham City because it really does get dark and gloomy around this motherfucker. It's 82 degrees right now. It's been raining. It just had a damn storm two seconds ago. And so now it's the sun is out. Who knows? It's supposed to rain on Friday. But then after that, apparently from this Saturday to next Saturday, like I said, it's June 10th. It's supposed to be sunny, 90s, 80s, humid. Right now, the humidity is 67 degrees with a continued 40% chance of rain. And in Atlanta, Georgia, if it say it's going to rain, baby, it ain't going to play with you. It ain't like the rest of these cities. Moving right along. One of my favorite cities here in America, Miami. In fact, I just came back from Florida last week. <laughs> I had me a little cation. A little me-cation. Oh, and it was so much fun. You know, that's my little paradise. Since I'm not going to be subscribing to any of these so-called requirements that they have for all this other type of traveling. I'm just, whatever. You can have your Mexico and you can have all your shit. I'm going to stay here until shit get back to just flying. I don't want to show nothing but an ID card and a boarding pass, boo. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Miami. <laughs> Anyways, Miami was 86 degrees. It was really beautiful out there. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 86 degrees right now. And it was beautiful when I was there last week. Very, very, very sunny. It's got rain coming down across the board for the next week or whatever. But in Miami... It might just do a little, a little, you know, a little run through or whatever, and then it'll keep it pushing, you know. It's 66 as far as humidity, so it's looking pretty good out there. And let's see what's going on in New York. Damn! Now, if you was tuned into the other episodes here this season, New York was pretty shitty. I mean, the weather is crazy. But this must be the hot the hot times in New York. Reminds me of all the summertime episodes of Sex in the City when they finally get to shed their coats and shit and be wearing their other cute, their cute summer shit. It's 81 degrees in New York, 70s. It's going to fluctuate down to 72 here tomorrow. I guess a big-ass temperature drop. That's going to be in the highs. But from here, June 10th, till next week, whatever that day is, <laughs> it's going to be pretty good tip 70s 80s and 70s again but the humidity is 39 percent, so that's pretty good looking pretty good out there in new york um and now i gotta always go to texas um let's see which city austin 93 degrees 
Austin is looking so beautiful. 93 degrees, 51% humidity, suns across the board from here June 10th till uh, what's till what June 17th, let's say, because I'm doing it for a full week. So just suns and 90s across the board. It get hot in Austin though. I remember my first summer ever just really experiencing Austin. And we were standing in line for a burger over there at Hop Dotties. <laughs> I remember I was hot and I damn near came apart, okay? And my city of Las Vegas. Ah, I love my city so much. Oh my God. It's 86 degrees here on June 10th, which is astonishing. Because look at this 86 degrees in Vegas today. And then it jumps to 99 tomorrow and a hundreds across the board from June 10th here to June 7th, motherfucking team. <laughs> I get to the weather part. I get to the weather report and motherfucker comes out of my mouth a hundred times. But a hundred, oh my God. N next Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is going to be 115 degrees in Las Vegas. <sighs> All dry heat. It's only 6% humidity. So, I wouldn't even be walking around with clothes on. I would walk around in a bathing suit and look at motherfuckers like, what? Yeah, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> oh, my God. And so, going, finally, going to Cairo, 79 degrees in Egypt. It is looking lovely in Egypt. So, it's a cool weekend this weekend because after Friday, is after today, it's going to turn up. So it's even cool in Cairo right now, but it's nighttime, so it's 79 degrees. But in Cairo, it's 90s across the board and motherfucking suns across the board, 57%. <sighs> Eventually, I will get there, but Egypt is going to be on hold for now because I don't know what they got going on. With the, with all, I don't know. Anyway, so that's the weather. You know, it's summertime, baby. It is summertime, and I am happy it's here. <laughs> now, in celestial news, y'all, y'all, y'all know we in retrograde season, right? And in fact, at the time of this recording, there is a Mercury retrograde. I think we are on like week three of Mercury retrograde. Saturn has been retrograde in Aquarius for like the last, I think, month. Don't quote me. Go Google it. Listen, okay? Pluto has been retrograde in Capricorn for at least a couple months. Um, and of course the North node has been retrograde in Gemini for a while now too. I've been seeing this R for a while. Um, so it's retrograde season. Retrograde season is in full effect. So protect your neck, keep moving forward, you know, relax, take it easy. I'm so glad feather came on at the time that I'm talking about this retrograde. Take it easy. You know, right now it's Gemini season. So shit. <laughs> You know Gemini, oh my God. The sun is in Gemini. The moon is in Gemini. The Merc, like I said, Mercury is in Gemini. Venus is in Cancer. Mars is in Cancer. Jupiter is in Pisces. Uranus is in Taurus. Neptune is in Pisces. And Pluto is still in Capricorn for its probably 20th year of its transit in Capricorn. Now, one of these days, I'm going to have an astrological episode. This is not the time right now. If you know astrology, then you know what all that means. If you're new, then get on your research job. Yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. There's several books out here that can tell you, every, just break it all down for you, everything that I'm talking about. But those are where the planets are at in these signs as of June 10th, okay? So, like I said, 
It's retrograde season, baby. Protect your neck, okay? And do all that. That was my weather and celestial reports. I hope you enjoyed it. That is going to be uh, a new thing in season two. This was the first time I did the celestial report here on season one. So I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to get a little bit more into it, but I'm giving you a two hour season finale because I got a lot of shit to talk about. Moving right along to the debunkery. Let's take a sip and let's listen to this feather real quick. And me, I light a, a new couple of incense. I ain't even got no smoke going. Let's pause. Always set your intentions when burning things. Shout out to my girl, Sharita, for reminding me to not just be burning incense, but to set an intention. Sometimes you need to be reminded of things, get in the habits of just doing them, and then forget the ritual aspect of it. All right, guys, so the debunk. This is my favorite segment besides my story time. All my segments are my favorite. I'm not going to be picky. Like Abraham, one of the people that I listen to. Y'all know who Abraham is. Laws of attraction, guru, spiritualist. She is amazing. She says, walk around your space and walk around your environment and just say everything is your favorite. It is. It's all my favorite. <laughs> Anyway, so the debunkery. In this segment, I discuss things happening in mainstream media, especially the Breakfast Club, and highlight where they fucked up at. Okay? And recently on the Breakfast Club, guys. Eh. Recently on the Breakfast Club rumor report. They mentioned how Hillary Clinton responded to QAnon reporters and their accusations that she's a baby blood drinking pedophile demon who's feeding off of adrenochrome. And you know what? You know what the Breakfast Club did, especially Charlemagne. Immediately, he debunked and begin to spin that story into the idea that it's just not true that it is just what 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 are you what are you what are you talking about there is no way there's no absolute way that that could be a thing <laughs> why the fuck is it not true Okay, I mean, if anybody has even tried to do a little bit of research instead of just watching QAnon and going off of what all of the, the fucking liars have been saying, why don't you research what the fuck? You know, what, what, what? Let's see, delve into it. I, I, you know, delve into it just a little bit. Additionally, Hillary never did deny it in this video. Go Google the video. She never denied it. Um, she just said that it was cruel that people would say it. <laughs> That's something I'd be, you know, what? It's cruel. No, it's more than cruel. It's fucking crazy that they would specifically say some shit like that right there. They could have said anything. They could have said anything. They could have said anything. But they said that you 
drink baby's blood and that you're a pedophile demon. That is some shit. That's some shit. I mean, and so no matter all the atrocities that we've seen, kidnapping children for wicked purposes is impossible, right? That shit's just no way. Hmm. You might want to do some research and see who the fuck is really being human trafficked. At one point, they try to make it seem like women, grown-ass women, were at risk. And I'm like, why in the fuck would they want to try to pick me up on the side of the road? That's a lot of work. <laughs> That's going to be a lot of work. And it's not funny, but, I mean, as it pertains to how much work it would be to try to get one of me off the... I mean, that's a lot of work. Speaking of politicians saying weird shit and being accused of weird shit and doing weird shit. Yo, president. Now, I know y'all seen the video with your presidents on Memorial Day. Supposed to be honoring the dead. But his alleged pedophilia slipped right through the motherfucking cracks. I don't know why I'm saying alleged. Only fucking weirdos would say some of the shit that he be saying about little girls. And he's said it throughout all these fucking... Um, through most of his appearances on camera, he has said something strange about a little girl. But for some reason, y'all not blowing that shit up. Well, I'm going to be one of the people, one of the few people that be talking about this shit. Okay? Um... And I quote, this is a direct quote from the video, guys. In the Memorial Day video, you're going to have to Google Biden says creepy things at the 2021 Memorial Day function. And I quote, he says, I love those barrettes in her hair. I tell you what. Now, the I tell you what part is what really got me. That did it for me. Go look at the video. He said, I love those barrettes in her hair. I tell you what. Now, where I'm from, if a person says, I tell you what, if they follow up any type of sentence or anything with, I tell you what, it's about to be some, it's about to be some real wild shit finna come after that shit. The shit got me fired up because that shit, I mean, it's right there. He said, I talking to the damn, this is at the Memorial Day address. Talking to a veteran's daughter. He said, I love those barrettes in her hair. I tell you what. Then the alleged pedo in chief says, and I quote, this is a direct quote from him. Look at her. Looking like she's 19, sitting there like a little lady with her legs crossed. The rager and warrior in me, like, that shit is astonishing to me. I hope y'all feel me when y'all watch this video and when y'all hear me talk on this podcast how fucking creepy that shit is. Nobody should be saying anything like that when they looking at a child. Talking about, look at her, looking like she's nice. She's not! She's a child, bitch. And just like some of these news outlets reported, it's creepy. The real, some of the real ones, it's creepy. But it's beyond creepy. It's pedophilic. Because he could have just ended with the family. He could have just said the family is so beautiful. Him with his and her with that. A war family. A family that, you know, went through some things in the military. You know, and the barrettes and shit. Something about, I guess something about the barrettes. But instead, he literally had a public pedophilic moment and i'm glad but y'all keep sleeping it under sweeping it under the rug oh it's just he just no 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 it ain't no he just 
She's a child, and you shouldn't be looking at her like a 19-year-old. Listen. The human trafficking of children for pedophiles and their obsession with believing that doing wicked things to children for abundance and wealth and more control is real. I was just having a conversation with my guy sister the other day about some shit, but whatever. And I believe in my spirit. All the demons that are doing anything like this from the highest and wealthiest to the poor pedophiles. Because it ain't just these wealthy pedophiles. It's the poor pedophiles too. Will be brought to all sorts of justice. Spiritually, physically, ancestrally. And any kind of lead we can think motherfucking of. Okay? Trust me on this. People that have gotten away with all this type of wickedness. Fucking with these children for so long. Believe that they are invincible. That's why... Your boy Joe can sit up there and just have a pedophile moment and you niggas just, because they, they know, they be talking about in the boardrooms, because a lot of shit go down in boardrooms. They be talking about just how stupid motherfuckers are. And as a Capricorn ruled by the planet Saturn, the planet that dominates and emits the energy of karma and time, as well as the energy of authority and discipline, just know that everybody gets their karma. Whether it's good or it's bad, the karma is real. And these pedophiles have slipped through the cracks because everyone has been too distracted by racism, by these dumbass celebrities, and they bullshit, and the government bullshit, politics and bullshit. All of them will be vanquished. And I use vanquished as a lack for other words. But go Google that word too. You know I'm always talking about how y'all need to really go define these words instead of just going off of what you think you know. You know? They will be vanquished. Okay? Ashe. You know? And that's what it is. Everything ain't a fucking lie. Some shit got some backing. And, and niggas, you should know this. I'm sorry, black people. Y'all should know this. All the shit that they did to our ancestors. Raping the women. Killing the children. Sodomizing the men. Castrating the men. And you gonna sit here and act like kidnapping children. And, and doing sexual things to children for some wild shit. Ain't something that these niggas is doing. On all levels. We need a collective push to get rid of shit like this. If y'all knew better, y'all would collectively, in your day of manifesting things in your experience, manifest the vanquishing and deterioration of anything that is wicked. Anything that is wicked. Anything that is wicked. And pedophilia is the wickedest of shit. Fucking with, fucking with children is the wickedest of shit. Is more wicked than racism. All right. Now, in other debunkery news, I know y'all heard. Oh, I gotta calm down from that because that shit is crazy. It's some sick shit, bro. It's some sick shit. Now, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't. I really didn't know about deeply about all this pedophile shit. Until Pharaoh literally provided all of the receipts. 
And I'm not a person that just goes off of what people say. I go back and I delve in too. And all research and facts point to that this shit is real. It's real. Now, in other news, I know y'all heard about Naomi Osaka, the tennis player. She withdrew from the French Open. It was big news. Even when I was out there in Florida, I'm sitting at a lounge and they got this shit just repeat, you know, Stephen A. Smith and the other guy talking about the shit, you know. I just love seeing reporters and sportscasters and people just talk about the shit on mute. <laughs> it's just fascinating to see it. But anyways, yeah, this was breaking news when I was on my vacation. And they spent at least, like I was saying, 20 minutes talking about this. And they asked the question, they posed the question, should athletes be required to speak to the media? But the real, the real question is, in my opinion, one of the real questions, because there could be so many questions about things. A wise mentor told me to always question everything. I mean, I was always inquisitive as a child, but it's, it's always good to get confirmations but you know the real question is what kind of organizations find people that much money i guess she got fines like 20k or some shit or any money for making a choice that was a good choice she didn't even cuss nobody out these football players be getting fined for cussing a bitch out for doing wild shit and she gets fined for protecting her mental health or whatever these industries are basically slavery, bro. I just wanted to talk about that real briefly. Um, you know, like this shit is crazy. I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting here because I don't really watch TV now. I do stream my shows from my devices and things, but um, I don't really watch TV. So when I'm, in, you know, catching these things in passing at lounges or whatever, because two of the biggest things that are always on screens anywhere you go is the news and sports. I'd be astonished at what the hell is going on. I'd be like, wow, this shit is, <laughs> this is what's going on. <laughs> but why is, it so, why is it so important for athletes to talk to the media? Who the fuck are they? I don't understand it. I don't see Mary J. Blige coming the fuck out and explaining herself to the media. I'd be wanting to see Mary J. too. She's so private. She a Capricorn too. <laughs> I told you earlier, we got some good Capricorns in the Capricorn gang, baby. <laughs> She a Capricorn too, but she don't come out and make no damn announcements. So why is it so important for athletes to talk to the media? And if they don't, they got to get fined? Whatever. It's, it's really none of my business, but I was just shocked about this. Y'all got to think about these bullshit-ass industries y'all be in. I'm sorry. There's a lot going on outside my, <laughs> outside my window. But, um, but yeah, the fuck? Anyways. We still in the debunkery segment. And, of course, <laughs> vaccine news is in the debunkery segment, baby. Oh, yes. It's some shit going on, child. Vaccine news. I heard some shit on The Breakfast Club these past couple of weeks about this Bill Gates. Psyop. Because, you know, Bill Gates is the number one doctor in the country if you Google it. Or did they take that Google down? He the number one doctor. He don't even got an MD. Niggas been in school for years getting an MD. And Bill Gates just got to say it. And he a doctor. Well, shit, I'm a doctor too. <laughs> just call me Dr. Good. <laughs> but anyways, with The Breakfast Club, they've been reporting on how people are giving away money and marijuana for taking the vaccine. <laughs> and of course, you know, 
envy. He says something like, yeah, it's good to encourage incentive. I'm sorry, incentives for the vaccine because, you know, they just got to get it. They just got to get it. <laughs> they just got to get a vaccine. What about the HIV patients? I'm still wondering where they vaccine at. I mean, are the HIV patients just getting the vaccine for the fucking virus that they don't know that they got? Wondering, damn, they came out with this, this, this vaccine for that. Why the fuck they didn't come out with the vaccine for the other shit? You know, what about them? They should have shut everything down when HIV hit. They didn't do that, though. They shutting it down for <laughs> the potentiality. Because... They've been lying the entire time. And if you don't know how to, if you don't know where to start researching about how all the, how they've been lying and orchestrating this shit, I will always say, go to Pharaoh, subscribe to his shit, all his shit, because he wanted them ones just like Dr. Huey P. Newton really out here trying to really get the people to understand some shit. He's in a collection of, of, of people out here trying to get people to understand shit from different levels. Go, go out there and start with his research. And then go in and do your own research. You have to. Y'all be on your phone all days looking at shit. <laughs> and don't want to say, well, let me see this real quick. Niggas think research mean weeks and weeks and weeks. Just go up there, spend a couple hours researching a couple things and, and, and see. And see what's going on. It's some wild shit. <laughs> Land of the free, home of the brave, and mecca of the wild shit. Additionally, wasn't Dr. Fauci <laughs> exposed by his own people recently for sending emails confirming that masks aren't preventative in, in anything? And then when you do your research, you got to really look at your life experience. If masks were so preventative, why, didn't do why don't doctors wear them throughout the entire hospital. I mean, they say when you go to hospitals, there's nothing but disease and sickness live there. So why fuck, they don't got no mask on all damn day. Before, before, before this uh, Bill Gates PSYOP uh, uh, pandemic fake ass shit. You know? Yeah, I just, I just saw an article come down. Now, I got this article on standby, actually. I just saw an article come down saying... That fully vaccinated people are still dying from the Bill Gates virus. And I just want to say how, Sway. How? How? I'm going to read this article briefly. Okay, real quick. This article is a Fox News article. Look at y'all. Some of y'all not even going to read it because it said it's Fox News. But see, you need to diversify your research. Diversify. If you're going to be looking at the shit, observing the shit. Because we all got choices. At least diversify what you're looking at. Read the Fox News article. It says in Maine, Maine says eight vaccinated residents died with COVID-19. The Maine Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has reported that eight residents who were fully vaccinated against the coronavirus, Bill Gates, have died with COVID-19, including some who were inoculated while receiving end-of-life care. A coronavirus infection acquired 14 days post-final vaccination dose is considered a breakthrough case. Anyway, y'all go read the rest of the article. You just got fucking two vaccines. You went on camera, you got it in your arm, and then boom. 
I mean, listen, the only way to cure, to, to, to heal anything in your immune system is to eat, eat greens, eat fruits, take some herbs, stand in nature. You got to do, do that shit. I don't know why y'all keep trying to do fake ass shit to heal a real ass you. Okay, anyways, again, Pharaoh exposed all of this shit. <laughs> and he will provide via his platforms ways for you to, you got to go, he'll tell you to go research it. Every good person that is intelligent, every intelligent person that understands how to sift and sort through information knows how to research. So you might want to do that and go eat a tree if you're worried about your immune system. Finally, in vaccine news, real quick, I want to say kudos to this cafe. Now, now these are these next two stories, part of this vaccine news. These are uh, news topics that you can actually research. There was a cafe in California. There is a cafe in California that charges masked patrons, patrons that are wearing masks, $5 to even wear their masks in their establishments. Okay. In fact, because in my notes, it says that I actually screenshotted these articles because I don't want to be sitting here for 20 minutes trying to find the articles. But yes, California Cafe charges patrons $5. A cafe in Mendocino, California is charging patrons a $5 fee if they are caught wearing a mask or bragging about their coronavirus vaccine. They posted the sign in the window of Fiddleheads Cafe. And in the fine print, they put it in the fine print. They're going to have to pay a penalty. Uh, the CDC has said that vaccinated people do not have to wear a mask in most indoor settings. But Fiddleheads is defying California state mask mandate. They've been on us for the past <laughs> for the past year, Castleman said of the local government. Last June, Castleman closed up shop rather than require his employees to wear a mask after he was hit with a $10,000 fine. And he found a way to get some money from the motherfucker. You want to come in the cafe? You got to pay $5 for that mask. If I even wearing it, okay? Google the rest of the article, guys. I was happy in a bitch to see some shit like that. And then this was a news article a couple uh, months ago. The a Tennessee gas station uh, has an electronic billboard outside of their joint, and they have all kinds of anti all their political lies. You know Tennessee, they're not playing about any of that shit, and so um. You know, they got a, a, a billboard that posts about all the anti-political shit and all the fucked up shit the government did not d does, and they display it from the digital billboard. And again, these are private businesses not giving a fuck about this Bill Gates and finding innovative ways to resist, and I love it. That's called intelligence, <laughs> all right? And like I said, I was traveling here recently, and all on the airlines, let me take a sip. Anyways, finally, in this vaccine news here in the debunkery segment, you know, on the airlines, they're repeatedly making announcements about how it's a so-called federal law to not comply with their alleged mask requirements, which are not regulations, two different words, okay? When I was in the military, we had to follow the regulations. It wasn't a requirement. It was a regulation, sign, seal, deliver. A requirement is something that they just saying, but they ain't really, 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 really officiated it. The CDC suggested an order that these government agencies chose to follow. 
The actual federal executive order for masks is only applied to federal agencies. And if you're going to tell it, tell all the little facts at this point. Don't just keep repeating, uh, don't take your mask off when you could take it off when you're eating and drinking. Like, when they kept making these announcements, they weren't even making that part. Don't just keep saying you cannot take your mask off. And so I'm a rebel by nature. Y'all don't know this, but I'm a rebel by nature. So the whole time she's making the announcements, when she would pause, I'm saying through my mask, and you can take it off during sips, and it's just really calm. I'm not trying to cause no airline disturbance. So I'm just sitting in my seat. I'm not looking at nobody, just looking at my phone saying, yeah, and during the, because you have to. Because they'll have you sitting there like, damn, can I drink? I'm thirsty, but I don't. Anyway, so, you know, I'm choosing to take the path of the least resistance, you know, and so, um, and I'm not going to let the mask too much get in the way of what I got going on. Um, however, don't omit any info from the people. If they're going to incessantly announce these bullshit mask suggestions, include it all. It says about these masks on public transportation, according to, you know, uh, all the public transportation websites. Sometimes in the middle of some shit, if I feel very, very deeply about it, I will start researching some shit right then and there because I just got to see this shit. And so it said the CDC order also states that the requirement to wear a mask shall not apply, shall not apply under the following circumstances while eating, drinking, or taking medication for brief periods, while communicating with a person who is hearing impaired with the, when the ability to see the mouth is essential for communication, if unconscious, when necessary to temporarily remove the mask to verify one's identity, such as when asked to do so by a ticket or gate agent, because this is all travel, transportation rules or whatever. Um, in addition, and they don't say this part on the airplane, but in addition, persons who are experiencing difficulty breathing or shortness of breath or are feeling winded or are feeling winded may remove the mask temporarily until able to resume normal breathing with the mask. So I said all this to say. Especially if you still if you traveling, whether you're traveling internationally or nationally. Make sure that they don't, you don't got to be aggressive about it. I'm very passive aggressive when I'm about trying to, you know, when, when shit, when I got to be, but you, you still need to make it known. Don't just sit here and keep telling people to wear a mask on the airlines. Tell all of it. Damn. I had, like I said earlier, I tell the, all the parts of the story, not just the parts I feel like you really, 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 really need to hear. Okay, and they know, we know you want us to keep the motherfucking mask on. Thank you, but also tell people, but you can take the mask down when you need to eat and drink or if you need to communicate and you can't hear. It's brief, okay? And then if a motherfucker is feeling winded, having a mask so securely tight over your nose and mouth can make it w difficult to breathe. So, bitch, yes, I'm going to take my shit off briefly so I can breathe through that motherfucker. Y'all crazy. But they don't keep saying that. So like I said, while I was on the airline, just really calm. You know, really, really calm. You know, you got to figure out how to be tactical, tactful, and uh, 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 <laughs> strategic with your rebellion in certain spaces. Because I don't want to get the whole plane down because I'm talking shit. I'm not going to talk shit. I was just saying quietly in my mask, yes, and this. She was making any announcements, and you have to... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, like I said in my most recent performance, fuck this vaccine and all that shit. All of it. We moving forward. Free will, abundance, and healing. 
calling on all that on this entire earthly experience, Ashe, because this shit wild around here. Moving right along. I got announcements, baby. I'm giving you a long ass episode. <laughs> all right. So I got some announcements, guys. I'm going to shift the music around for my announcements. I'm going to shift it around. My announcements, guys. I got me a new piece of malachite here recently. If you're not into your crystals, get into it. Don't just do it because I'm up here. Do it because you're called to do it, all right? Anyways, of course, I'm going to announce myself. Go to www.nayagood.com and peep all of my content, guys. I got a lot of shit popping and a lot of shit coming, okay? Good, good things, good things. Um, you know, you can go to my website, check out my The Goody Jar blog, uh, the sensual mini-series, my erotic written mini-series that I wrote and narrated. So, yes, 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 I have an erotic four-part mini-series that you can read and that you can listen to and the narrated version is available on youtube i figured people don't always got time to sit and listen i'm sorry sit and read so why but they definitely like listening to some shit so go check that out and i've narrated all the blogs that i've written in 2021 i'm gonna go back and narrate some of my past blogs but all the blogs that i've written here in 2021 i have narrated those and those are available on youtube like subscribe and share as you guys know, I'm a gifted vocalist. I've been aware of my, vo you know, my uh, ability to sing and speak as early as uh, eight years old. And so um, I offer background vocals, vocal production and writing. Um, so if you need me, hit me up. I have music available on all platforms, as you heard through the beginning segments, uh, Shut Up, Blow Your Mind, and Feather. Those are my songs that are available to stream on all digital music streaming platforms. And I'm also offering professional proofreading services. You know, if you don't want to read your essay or if you don't want to proofread your website or if you have a book that you want me to read before you get it published and you want me to go through it with my grammatical eye, I got you. If you don't want to edit your shit, I got you. <laughs> So hit me up, www.nyagood.com has all of my content. My YouTube is popping. You can Google me. I got an IMDB and I have a stage play that you can watch me in available on Amazon Prime. So I got a little bit everywhere. Check me out, all right? Also in announcements, I'm going to try to be quick about this because i got a whole lot of other stuff I want to talk about. Um, have y'all been seeing this dope ass diamond and gold Miami Cuban link chain that everybody's wearing? Oh my gosh. I saw a video clip where they was in the video together with the necklace on. I was like, okay. <laughs> Everybody has this chain. And it's dope too. It's diamond, it's gold. Um, and they got me one one too, because you know I love necklaces. I love jewelry. I love accessories. Um I just wanted to announce and point out how if black people like it and saw it on a celebrity, they gonna do it too. So imagine if more of these celebrities advertised and promoted other things with the same energy as they do the, the Miami Cuban link chain and as they do these Fendi's and these Birkins. I didn't even know who the fuck Tom Ford was before Jay-Z came out with a whole entire song called Tom Ford's. <laughs> So imagine, you know, 
and, and these are the things that I would love for them to promote. Man, bro, check the, did you drink that motherfucking green juice the other day? Nigga. Oh, my God. The echinacea that I put in my tea. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a song. Echinacea, echinacea. Some rap song. Just something. Shit. Imagine. And free will. If they promoted that you got free will. When, when Kanye said it was a choice, motherfuckers came after him. Like, niggas ain't got choices. <laughs> so I guess if they do try to announce some shit like that, what y'all gonna do? What y'all gonna do? <laughs> Reject it. Announcement number two. All right, listen. Black women, stop getting mad when these idiots try to label you as angry, okay? Black women, the first thing they do as soon as somebody say, wow, you're getting angry, they be like, oh my God, she said I'm getting angry. You're calling me a stereotype. Man, fuck that stereotype. No, black women are not angry because if we, I don't think people quite understand what anger is. <laughs> Y'all don't have no idea what anger is, okay? Stop, uh, don't, don't get mad. There was something that happened recently on The Real Housewives of New York. The first black woman that's up there, Tamika Mallory, apparently one of the white women couldn't wait to use the word, she's angry. And Tamika went into the whole, you know how y'all do, the victim, the stereotype. Man, fuck that shit. Don't say, no, 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 sweetie, I'm not angry. I mean, y'all really need to start saying this. No, anger... And then even pull out the dictionary on these hoes. Because nine times out of ten, they don't know what anger even means. No, you're not angry because angry is some other shit. You're intolerable. Okay? No nonsense. We not, we not, it's very rare as a black woman tolerates some bullshit. <laughs> okay? It's very rare. Okay? So stop saying that black women are, are angry as soon as they neutralize some bullshit. And y'all stop taking the victim role every time. I, I talked about this on a different episode. Cheryl Underwood, some shit said I didn't want to come off as the angry black woman. Bitch, you're not, ang you're not angry just because you neutralize or stop some shit right where it stands. Check some shit right where it stands. That's not angry. So stop it, okay? This shit is retarded. That's an, okay? Number three. Melanated ladies and gentlemen. And this has been breaking news, actually. On my way to Florida last week, this was breaking news. One of my followers posted something about it. And I had already had notes on my uh, episode breakdown about this shit. But melanated ladies and, and, and gentlemen, <laughs> hair bonnets and pants sagging. Because I'm not going to talk about the women without talking about the men. It's balance over here. We're not going to just know. All right? Hair, but especially these hair bonnets. And no, and especially the pants sagging. All that shit need to be canceled. Y'all love talk about canceling some shit. Take the fucking hair bonnet off, sis. There are several hair. You know, you could get you a hair wrap, a head wrap, and be popping out here. But y'all don't want to look like you're affiliated with a religion or any of that shit. You could literally just get you a nice ass headscarf and wrap your shit up and do something cute. But you out here with these ghetto ass hair bonnets still. And I'm not understanding. And it don't matter if it says Gucci. I seen somebody in the airport with a Gucci one on. It doesn't matter. It's, 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 it's trash. And it literally, that's one of my affirmation alarms, it literally depreciates your value. And, then, and that's the same with sagging pants. I cannot believe it's still women running out of the house 
with the dumbass bonnets and these little boys still got their whole asshole exposed for the world to see. Like I really want to see your bitch ass boxers. <laughs> Law. Shit. What? You niggas is still sagging pants. Anyways, look, sometimes the hood come out of me. Okay, shit. I didn't want to talk about this though. And one of the people, like I said, one of the people on my IG went the fuck off on her post and she went crazy. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, she went crazy. Let me see if I can find it. She went I might have deleted it. I'm not going to spend all day trying to look for the post. But she said something like, y'all walk out the house looking dirty than a bitch. We don't do that around something like that. I wish I would have saved the screenshot. Anyways. She went off. And then I found out that Monique was bringing it up too. She said, stop. She specifically said in the airport and I'm literally at the airport and I'm seeing all the shit she was talking about. Okay. Shit is crazy to me. Sagging pants and got your hair bonded on. Them two shits need to go the fuck away from the black community. Honestly. Honestly. Finally, um, the fourth announcement, y'all. White people. And while we talking about people stopping doing some shit. <laughs> White people, stop digging in your nose at the dinner table or in line at the grocery store. Yes, yes, it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. I have only mostly ever seen white people digging in their nose at the grocery store or anywhere. And white girls, they can't wait to shake their hair out. I'm not going, I'm not going, like a dog. <laughs> I said I'm not going, but I, they shake, and then they put their hair in a ponytail at the coffee. Stop. Don't do that there. You had ample opportunity to fix your ponytail, and you're going to go do it at the produce aisle at Whole Foods. No. Stop doing that. Additionally, white people, stop talking about Africa. I was, I was, there was something on the radio somewhere the other day, and this white woman is talking about, and in Africa, they're definitely not getting vaccinated. Bitch, don't worry about what the fuck going on in Africa. Why don't you talk about what's going on in Europe, lady? Why, what? And I love Modern Family. It's one of my favorite shows to just have playing in the background because I was watching that shit before I really started to have a zero tolerance for Caucasian antics, honestly. So I love the show. Just like Sex on the City, I, I still, I like them two shows. But they couldn't, they've said, throughout their uh, series, they at least said about five or six times some shit about Africa. Stop talking about Africa. Go talk about how trash Europe is because it's trash. Damn, they can't wait to talk about Africa when they want to bring up some type of poverty comparison, bitch. And they don't even bring up the 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 all the other parts. Every, it's it's a hell of homeless people here in America. Bet you ain't talking about that. But can't wait to go all the way to Africa to talk some shit. St go go stop. <laughs> Anyways, guys, that was it for my announcements. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm giving y'all a long, beautiful season finale of season one of Storytime with Nia Good. I want to do some black business shout outs. Uh, the last episode, I transitioned this segment to just shouting out some of my favorite black businesses and uh, black CEOs and presidents and shit like that. 
because I was always just shouting out Slutty Vegan. But I said, why don't I shout out everybody? There's this place here in Atlanta I love called Moods Music. So freaking dope. They have everything that you need from Dope Ash Records to Sage. So if you're here in Atlanta and you're listening, check out Moods Music for all of your, the things to put you in a good mood. <laughs> Boho Gal is one of my other favorite places. They have some amazing gold jewelry. And like I told you on episode six, they have in, uh, Palo Santo incenses. And see, I've never even seen them before. So like I said, this is something, ex- I love them. I'm obsessed with the Palo Santo incense. Um, I also wanted to shout out my loctician, Miss Lady Lock. She is like the lock freaking, you know, goddess out here. So shout out to her for always twisting me up and keeping me, you know. Actually, I just started. <laughs> I, I've got my hair done with her like four times. But um, so far, I am in love. She's the one that did this beautiful color. And so shout out to her. Shout out. You know, I just came from my beach vacation. And so I had on my dope-ass swimsuits. Shout out to Riot Swim. Riot. R-I-O-T. Swim. Black-owned business. I mean, and she's been featured in all kind of magazines for her dope-ass swimwear. That's where I get all my swimsuits. Um, And she's got high-end swimsuits. Beautiful material. Just sucks you in and keeps your shit nice. While you out there getting beat the fuck up by waves, I got I took a couple hits, but I was good. <laughs> um, Riot Swim, you can find her on Instagram. Her bathing suits is the shit. And finally, Slutty Vegan. I got a shout out, Slutty Vegan. I love Slutty Vegan. <sighs> Dopest vegan burgers and 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 things of that nature that I've ever had. So those are my black businesses. Shout outs for episode seven, season one. The season one finale, guys. All right, moving right along. Next segment, breath of fresh air. Now, I was calling this my spirituality segment in the last couple of episodes. This name might change, breath of fresh air. And as I say that, let's take a deep breath, guys. Hold it for four and release for four. Take it in for four, hold it for four, and release for four. Breath of fresh air, okay? Gotta remember to breathe, babies. All right. This is my Breath of Fresh Air segment. A wise mentor told me to always ask questions, and I've, like I, I said this earlier in the podcast, I've been inquisitive all my life, and absorbing and discerning and, and critiquing information. In this segment, I briefly discuss something that will breathe a fresh perspective into you and your life experience that will inspire you. If you know anything about the word inspire, you know that it comes from breath. Anyways. Listen, I have, I have told y'all this before, and I wrote an entire article about this, okay? What's pussy gotta do with it? I'm gonna need all of y'all to put some respect on pussy, on the vagina, on the yoni, okay? Including you, ladies. I'm sick of you men and some of you silly-ass women using pussy as a term of weakness. 
Tell me, what about the pussy is weak? I said this in my article. Go read it or go listen to it. I, I narrated this one and it's available on YouTube. If we're talking genitalia, a lot of the shit y'all use the word pussy for is really some limp dick ass shit. But honestly, I don't want to use genitalia to reference any of this weak ass shit. Leave genitalia out of it. The reason why this triggered me again is because I saw somebody that I follow on Instagram talking about if some shit about something, use a pussy. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut up, okay? And actually, you know what? I want to go read some of my article, but I do got a, a dope-ass uh, segment. I'm sorry, a, a dope-ass reading selection for my... Um, must-read segments coming up here after after I'm done with this. Um, I had to go to my website. I love my website. It's so much fun. I love it so much. But yes, look, I wrote this on February 17th. Warning explicit. What's pussy got to do with it? Okay? There's a whole article. Pussy is healing and revitalizing. Stop, stop, stop using that word y'all sound so stupid and like i said in my article and i want you to go read it i ain't even gonna read some of it go read it or go listen to it like i said there's a plethora of different words you could use punk bitch ass is still some of my favorite shit okay uh with your bitch ass <laughs> you know so use that but stop don't don't the pussy is the most one of it top three most powerful things on this earth and here you niggas go and some of you fools some of you crazy ass women, just imagine a woman saying, you're a pussy, and she got the pussy. <laughs> you, ma'am, ma'am, you have a pussy. So what do you mean she's a pussy? It just doesn't even make any sense, bro. Like I said, go read my article about that, um, just in case you need some more clarity. Like I said, if we're talking genitalia, a lot of the shit y'all use pussy for is, some, is really some limp dick ass shit. Okay, and I shouldn't have to keep explaining in all the ways that that doesn't make any sense. And I even I think I did a whole episode. I, this is all in my article. I'm getting my fucking the narrated version of the article that I wrote and <laughs> my episodes of my podcast confused. But I researched where and how the word pussy even started being used in that manner. Go check it out. I'm available at www.nyagood.com in the goody jar blog section of my website, okay? Additionally, um, there's something that came up about how, I guess, D-Wade said something about he don't lead in the relationship, some shit about leading in Gabrielle Union. I'm sure y'all heard about it. Anyways, my question is, what do men mean when they exclaim that they want to lead especially the ones that still use pussy in derogatory ways hmm? now let me be clear i love when women when women are women and men are men i don't subscribe to none of that other foolishness you talking about okay meaning feminine power and masculine power masculine power being balanced together to create empires Okay, one of my personal things that I embody and that I've written is that it's about the balance of the sexes, not the battle. Direct quote. <laughs> Anyways, 
Men are constantly saying this, I want to lead, and yet they have not followed it with a definitive description or explanation as to what they even really mean. Is it that they just want to be the boss? And if so, be the boss of what? I don't go for the submission of anything, me personally, in a relationship, because I hold the word submission for exactly what it means, a relinquishing of power etc go research the word if you're constantly letting that motherfucking word fly from your lips and you don't even know submitting means relinquishing a power i'm not relinquishing no power <laughs> and so so lead what do they want to lead the bills lead the house schedule lead the car rides lead the trip planning you gotta tell me what is it that you want to lead man and please comment Wherever this podcast is streaming, I would like for you to tell me what it is that you want to lead. Okay? You know? Now, I was going to break down this lead definition because it's really quite astonishing. You know, because the word, the, the definition of lead is quite interesting. Okay? But lead means... To go with one by holding them by the hand, a halter or a rope (laughs) while moving forward. Be a route or means of access to a particular place or in a particular direction. The initiative in an action, an example for others to follow. A position of advantage in a contest, first place. Huh. (laughs) I mean, there's so, the definitions go on. Uh, Be a reason or motive for, is that what men mean? culminates in a particular event. That one is in parentheses. Be in charge or command of. Organize and direct. Uh, Be the principal player of. Is that what men want to do? They want to be the principal player. Set a process in motion. Uh, As for baseball, it says, advance one or more steps from the base. One occupies. (laughs) Have, anyway, have the first place in. Be ahead of competitors. Be superior to. Is that what men mean? (laughs) Anyways, I propose the idea of men using the definitions associated with leading versus just throwing the word out there, okay? Uh, Because the word lead, if it's held to its true definition, is entirely massive to just be saying lead and and then getting mad when someone like me scrutinizes it and busses it down, okay? Additionally, in a relationship, it's not just about one person leading in the sense of needing to be superior to their partner. It's about both. And if children are involved, it's about the tribe. Um, Leading a command and a corporation are different than leading a family. So know the difference, okay? Especially when you're utilizing that word, leading. You know what I'm saying? Which, what, what, like I said, what is it that you, what, what do you mean, man? What do you mean? Finally, in my breath of fresh air segment, let's take a deep breath. That's uh, just a quickie. Fire breaths, as Queen of Fool writes it in her book, fire breaths. <laughs> All right. When I went out of town last week, I mean, I'm always meeting the most interesting, amazing people because that's what I command. That's what I manifest when I go on trips. You know, great experiences, great art, great drinks, great people, 
all that kind of shit. And, fi- and, and last week, the man who was giving me my rental car said to me, we remember too much. I, we were talking about something because I was actually holding up the line, actually. And I started looking around at one point like, I hope they don't get to cussing me out because me and him are really chopping it up right now. <laughs> but uh, he said, we remember too much of the bad parts of history. And sometimes we have to forget that shit. And that's that's word. Seriously. Especially black people. They can't wait to remember all the trauma shit. So sometimes we, 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 we might want to try forgetting some of that shit. Sometimes. Sometimes. Then, I met a dope-ass Scorpio. She was a dope-ass. She was dope, too. Shout out to A.V. Wans. Uh, she's on Instagram, and her Instagram is so super freaking dope. Uh, we was chopping it up on some real-ass shit. Like, it was the most refreshing conversation I've had in a long time. And she said, and I quote, I'm going to quote her directly. (laughs) We weren't given permission to remember. And she was saying that, I'm getting chills, saying what she just said and remembering and recalling this amazing conversation we had over cocktails (laughs) at the lounge. But And I felt it in my spirit. I even wrote that in one, I did, I felt it in my spirit. And I had to write it down when we was talking. And quote her on it. So that was a direct quote from A.V. Wans. We weren't given permission to remember. And he said, the guy I met renting the car said, we remember too much. And she said, we weren't given permission to remember. And she was talking about the good parts of our history, the royal parts. And you know, and you want to know why? Because we wait for permission for shit like that. And some of y'all don't even believe your royal past. Try to remember that. All right. I don't even I don't even think I need to follow up after that. If you don't get my drift off of that, then it wasn't even for you. <laughs> Anyways, that's my breath of fresh air for episode seven of Storytime with Naya Good. A plethora of delicious stories and topics. Now we're gonna get to this much read segment. I'm giving you guys a two-hour episode. In this segment, I read a few passages from a book I want to highlight. Um, I love reading and narrating and talking about a good book. I love books, guys. Oh, my gosh. In fact, when I was on vacation recently, I found this book at a dope-ass store down there in Wynwood Walls. It's called Soul of a Nation, Art in the Age of Black Power. Go get it. But that's not the book I'm reading from today. (laughs) Don't be mad. I know. I know. It looks so dope, right? I'm going to be reading from Opening to Spirits. Now, this is one of the first spiritually enlightening books that I got in my journey about seven years ago. This was me recalibrating myself spiritually. This book talks about meditation, fasting, just everything, chakras. It's just a really, a really all-inclusive book. It's so amazing. Um, And it's called Opening to Spirit by Caroline Shola Arewa. I Googled how to pronounce her name so I didn't fuck it up like I did (laughs) with another book in another episode. And it's contacting the healing power of the chakras and honoring African spirituality. Ashe. Opening to Spirit is such a beautiful book. It's amazing. When I opened this book up, guys, I found my first business card. I don't know if you can see it. My first business card that I ever wrote, (laughs) that I ever made, that brought back memories. I'm so glad I have that. 
anyways, so the, the section that I'm going to read from today is actually on page 63. And it's in the chapter of honoring the ancients and remembering our first ancestors, Ashe. The mysterious power of snakes. Serpents are another common mythological and spiritual symbol. The snake is used to signify both good and evil. It is also seen to depict the balance of these two opposites. Snakes are symbolic of fertility and creation. Orboros, the encircled snake carrying its tail in its mouth, is seen to resemble the female yoni, while the outstretched snake represents the penis. The ability of snakes to shed their entire skin and develop a new one highlights their creative and regenerative qualities. This cycle of renewal resembles that of the female menstrual cycle. In early traditions, snakes symbolized the goddess. These qualities together have earned the snake a lifelong place in healing traditions. To this very day, two snakes can be seen entwined around a staff as a symbol of the orthodox medical and pharmaceutical professions. This symbol is known as the caduceus and has a history going back over 5,000 years. The caduceus is of direct relevance to our study of the chakras. It is the symbol used to interpret many aspects of development relating to spiritual growth and the ascent and descent of soul consciousness through the chakras and along the shushumna. We will look at the caduceus in more detail, but prior to this, let us continue exploring what the snake represents in mythology. This will aid our understanding of the chakras and how we can best work with them. In Egyptian mythology, the god Horus wears the serpent goddess Shuachet on his head. She is the all-seeing eye. Osiris, the father of Horus, was killed by his brother Set. As Horus grew up, he determined to avenge the death of his father. And during the battles that followed, Horus eventually killed his father's brother Set. Wounded in battle, Horus was left blind in one eye. His lost eye was given as an offering to his dead father, Osiris, while Horus himself took to wearing a serpent on his head as a second eye. The gods honored Horus and made him king of Egypt. Thereafter, rulers of Egypt wore a serpent on their crowns as a symbol of second sight and royal wisdom, Ashe. In the Mayan myths of Central America, the moon goddess, Ishel, wears a snake as a crown on her head. Her close companion and colleague is the sky serpent. Ishel is capable of causing complete havoc on earth by whipping up the winds and sending destructive storms. Despite her fiery temper, she is also the cosmic midwife and looks over women during pregnancy and child, childbirth. We see here her use of serpent power in both its destructive and creative aspects. The creative powers of the serpent are recognized in many parts of Africa. The Fawn people from Dahomey view the creator as both Mawu, female, and Lisa, male. Mawu Lisa is dependent on Da, the cosmic serpent, who is responsible for manifesting the desires of Mawu Lisa. Without Da, there would be no creation. The United Twins, Mawu Lisa, would exist alone. Here, the serpent, symbolizing the creative energy of the spine and the chakras, brings forth all creation. In the spiritual traditions of original Australians, the Nakur people, Wawalu is the rainbow serpent. The rainbow serpent is the carrier of the life force who connects heaven on earth. 
Wawalu relates to the seven chakras and their rainbow colors. Understanding the nature of the snake and honoring the snake can bestow great gifts. This is the message of a Nigerian folktale, which I would like to share with you. And to read that folktale, you're going to have to get the rest of this book, baby. Opening to spirit. Ashe, so grateful for this book. Such a powerful book. I'm going to have to reread that one in its entirety. Yeah, definitely get that book. That is one of my highly recommended books. And I think you will definitely enjoy it. All right, guys. We are finally at the last segment of my show. Toast to episode seven, season one. Last segment, the good word. Just a few good words, real quick. This entire season, I've been talking about normalizing some new shit, okay? And the last thing I want to talk about normalizing on season one is normalize acknowledging the red flags of a person's behavior. Them flags be there for sure, okay? And we often ignore them hoes because we choose to. But them bitches be flying so high, guys. And if and even if the person apologizes and, and you invite them back in, you know, accept it, but understand that sometimes, like they say, when a person shows you who they are in the form of some wild ass shady shit, trust them. It's in their nature, probably. They probably don't even know they're doing it, but that ain't some shit you gotta be around or subscribe to, okay? Stop it. This could save you a lot of bullshit. Okay? <laughs> Normalize acknowledging them red flags and, and, let, and, and flying the fuck away. Okay? And so those are my few good words, guys. Listen, like I say all the time, there are comments section wherever you're streaming this podcast. I would love to hear from you. Uh, and if you get crazy, I like to match energy too sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I might just be like, fuck it. But then sometimes I might be like, what's good? Miley Cyrus was good. <laughs> Anyways, I appreciate love you all. And thank you so much for listening to all my antics on this first season of the Goody Jar Blog Presents Storytime with Naya Good. I have had so much fun. Um, be on the lookout for season two. I got a brand new mic. A brand new mic stand. <laughs> it is going to be lit. Um, and so be on the lookout. Thank you guys so much. I love you so much. I appreciate love you. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, peace.